0: Today we remember the baptism of our Lord, the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan. And we hear this amazing story in our Gospel lesson of that moment when Jesus comes down to the Jordan River, meets John the Baptist, and is baptized along with the big crowd that has gathered around the river. This is one story, one of only 11 moments in all the Gospels That we find in all four gospels. And so we need to make note that this is something significant. This is something that happened, and this is something that should impact us in a very big way. Now, baptism is critical to our identity because baptism represents a sacred cleansing. The baptism that was happening at the Jordan River with John the Baptist is one that harkens back to Jewish traditions of cleansing before worship. Many of you may know that one of the uh, big ideas in Judaism is worship, and in order to go to worship, one has to be ritually cleansed. And there was a process by which people would go into the water and come out cleansed before going into the temple in Jerusalem. And so what John the Baptist has done is John has taken this idea of cleansing and he's gone outside the city. So John is a breakaway Jew. John has gone outside the city over to the east by the River Jordan and is cleansing people with a baptism of water. drawing a crowd because he's saying a lot of things that a lot of people like. They like it so much that as we get to this story today, are beginning to wonder if John is actually the Messiah that they've been waiting for. John famously says, no, because I baptize baptize you with water, but the one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John has teed Jesus up, so to speak. John is there to herald his arrival, and as Jesus comes down to the river, goes down in the water, we get this incredible image of the heavens opening up and the Spirit descending on Jesus in the form of a dove. And then people hear the voice of God. You are my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. This is a dynamic story, an amazing story, one that gives us such an incredible visual image of the way that the Spirit works and then we pivot toward the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is so central to everything about who we are as disciples of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is who calls us to follow Jesus, gives us strength, gives us perseverance, gives us the courage to do what is not easy to do. Following Jesus is not easy, is not convenient. It often puts us at odds with others, And yet the Spirit is what sustains us and gives us the strength that we need. Now, the Spirit is not a new idea. In Scripture, in the Old Testament, the Spirit is present. But God's Holy Spirit is just simply given to people episodically. The Spirit falls on people when they are commissioned to do a special thing. And the Spirit stays with them while they do that special thing and then is gone. What shifts with Jesus is that the Spirit comes upon us at baptism. When we are baptized in the name of Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit and the Spirit stays with us. Now, the Spirit is one of those interesting ideas we don't often talk about. I would say we, in general, kind of like the Spirit, but we don't often vet the Spirit because it's a very interesting idea, and we as Episcopalians kind of fall in the middle of a very broad way of understanding what the Spirit actually does in the world. Now, the Spirit, as Episcopalians, is what we use to understand that God is still revealing truth in the world. Put another way, God is still at work around us doing stuff, Now, that might sound good, but it actually puts us in the middle of sort of a tug of war within theology and the church. On one side, you've got a group that tugs because they believe that God revealed everything all at once, not only in the person of Jesus, but in Scripture itself, and that really we are tasked with simply understanding the Bible more and more, and using that alone to structure the way that we live and follow Jesus. Not a bad idea, but it doesn't quite get at what we understand about the Spirit. On the other side, there's a group that tugs, saying God is constantly revealing new things and we should change a lot all the time. Anytime someone has a new experience and they believe that it's God, we should follow them and change. We, as Episcopalians, find ourselves somewhere in the middle. It's often we find ourselves in the middle, and so this is no different. (laughs) We root ourselves in Scripture and the traditions that we love. And yet, we do believe that God's Spirit is at work revealing new truth. We approach this idea very thoughtfully and very prayerfully, but as people have deep experiences of God and as more people have very similar deep experiences of God that might change in subtle ways what we have in Scripture or our tradition, we accept that we might have to think about that, that we might have to pray about that, that we might just tweak the way that we follow Jesus. Because somebody, and lots of somebodies, have had a similar experience, have been revealed truth in a new way that invites us to evolve and change our discipleship over time. This kind of idea is one that begs the question, at least for me, how does the Spirit reveal that truth? And the bottom line is, God reveals new truth new truth through people. People are the way God works in the world. People become the vessels through which God's Spirit inspires new things and new work all the time. One example of the way that we can actually witness the Spirit in the world is by being and bearing God's truth and love and peace out into the world. Now, that I hope, sounds completely basic, right? If you're Christian, you should be a good person. Just in case we haven't said that in here recently. (laughs) But being Christian is not just good or nice or even kind. Being Christian is being truthful and being loving, being a light in the darkness. Love. Is not shallow and love is not cheap. Love is deep and profound. And true love does not always mean you make every person around you happy. Being that kind of love in the world is what Jesus calls us to be. And being that kind of loving Christian disciple is a bit harder. About 12 months ago, We hosted a panel, an interfaith panel, here at St. Michael. And we expected this interfaith panel to be a good event. We structured the panel such that it was the three major Abrahamic traditions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. We had one speaker from each with a moderator. And we were just going to kind of talk about our faith and the ways in which we are united and the ways in which we differ to seek understanding. What we didn't expect was that the church was completely packed and that the video from that panel afterwards has been viewed over a million times online. It was so well received that we immediately said, we have to do this again and just keep the conversation moving. And so we have planned that for this Thursday night right here. But that's not really the point. The point for me was what surprised me more about that night. We had a lot of people in this church Who would not identify themselves as christian and what they said after the service to me is that they were stunned in a good way with how welcome they felt they were used to showing up to places and feeling unwelcome and yet here in a church where they expected to perhaps be most judged they were not They said person after person after person was warm and kind and loving wanted to get to know them treated them like people because fundamentally every person is our neighbor and jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves no one falls outside of those parameters everyone is a neighbor and everyone deserves love From us. As we consider what baptism in the Spirit mean to us, as we ask the question how we can witness to the Spirit in the world, I want us to consider that simply being love in the world is a way to bear witness. We don't have to be dramatic, we don't have to be loud, We don't have to even draw attention to ourselves. But there are people out in the world, more and more every day, who expect that people like us would provide the greatest judgment. I don't think that's who we want to be. That is certainly not who Jesus calls us to be. And I think if we can, with the Spirit, have courage and confidence to be the complete, complicated, deep kind of love and light that God wants us to be in the world, then people will begin to respond in very good ways. You see, people are not looking for good programs. People are not looking for good worship. People are not looking for a good church. People are looking for the truth of God. If we bear God's holy presence and shine God's sacred light of love ourselves and if people see that love in us, then I do believe we will begin to change the world. Amen.